The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Taranit, Daf Chav Zayin. Today's Daf is being studied. Le'ilun Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Begin Aiden. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied. L'Rfuah Shirma Eliyahu Hayim Ben Sofia Shafia. Ena Refana Lo Betok Shar Cholei Amu Yisrael. Amen. We begin today's Daf on Chav Zayin Amud Rishon. Four lines from the top. Eluhen ma'amadot lefishin emar sabit b'nei Yisrael. So the Mishnah talked about the ma'amadot. Ma'amadot were the representatives <coughs> that used to go to Yerushalayim, some of them, to be our representatives for the Qurban Tamid. So the Mishnah's language was, these are the ma'amadot because it says sabit b'nei Yisrael. Now what does that mean? These are the ma'amadot because it says sabit b'nei Yisrael? Doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara is, ma'ay ka'amar. What does this mean to say? Look at the top Rashi. My kamar de kabaye my nihu ma'amadot. Which means you introduce me Ma'amadot Then you quote me a pasuk at Korbani Lachmi Lishai What does one thing have to do with the other? So the Gebarah says Haki Kamar Eluhen Ma'amadot This is the subject of the Ma'amadot Uma Ta'am Tiknu Ma'amadot And what's the reason? Why? The Hakamim established Ma'amadot Lefish Ne'emar Sabit B'nai Yisrael Ba'amar Ta'alehem At Korbani Lachmi Lishai The Torah says every day the Jewish people have to bring a korban. Like the Pasuk says, Sabit b'nei Yisrael. That all the Jewish people have to bring the korban. So the Gebra asks, Ve'each korbano shel adam karev, ve'hu eno omed al gabav. How is it possible that a person, <coughs> he is going to bring a korban and he's not going to be there? Which means when a person brings a korban, he has to be standing there. So how is it possible that you're going to tell me that Am Yisrael has to bring a daily korban every day, but they're not there in the Beit HaMikdash? Hitkinu nevi'im arishonim, so the the early prophets, as we explained, David Amelech and Shemuel and Navi, they established 24 Mishmarot with 24 groups of Kohanim and Nevi'im. Al kol Mishmaru Mushmar hayam ma'amad birushalayim. On every Mishmar and Mishmar, there was a ma'amad. There were representatives that used to go to Yerushalayim. And who were these ma'amadot made from? Shel Kohanim, Veshel Leviyim, Veshel Yisraelim. So again, we had representation from all the groups of Am Yisrael, even though we really didn't need from all the groups. It was enough that the Kohanim could represent us. But Hakamim made that Kohanim, Leviyim, Yisraelim will go up to Yerushalayim to be our representatives. Tanu Rabbanan, we have a Braita. Aislim Varba'am Mishmar. There were 24 Mishmarot Be'eris Yisrael Ve'shtem Isre Biriho Interesting, the Baraita says there were 24 Mishmarot in Eris Israel proper, and 12 of them were in Yiricho. Now we have to understand what this means. It sounds like over here that altogether there was 36 Mishmarot. So the Gemara says, Shtem Esreb Yiricho, there were 12 Mishmarot in Yiricho, Nefishan Lehu Tuva. There's um, too much, because Mishnah said there's only 24 Mishmarot. Now you tell me there's 24 in Eris Israel and 12 in Yiricho. Ela Shtem Mehen Biriho, which means there was twelve of the Mishmarot were stationed in Yiriho. Now, what was the purpose to have them stationed in Yiriho? So the Gemara explains: When it was the time of the Mishmar to go up to Yerushalayim, which means every week. 
there was another mishmar that goes up to Yerushalayim to serve. Chatziya mishmar haya ole me'eris Yisrael Yerushalayim. So half the mishmar would go up wherever they lived, wherever city they lived in Eris Yisrael. They would go up to Yerushalayim. Chatziya mishmar haya ole, according to the text we have, midiho, from Yidiho. Now, what was their uh, purpose? Well, according to that, she actually it says Haya Ole Lidiho. That half the Mishmar would go to the city of Yidiho. Now, what are they doing in Yidiho? Kemara Kedeshi Yisapeku Maimu Mazon Laachayim Shemirushalayim. They would supply the food for their brothers that are in Yerushalayim, which means you have a whole group of Kohanim over here. Who's going to cook for them? Who's going to feed them? So that is system. Half the Mishmar would go work, and the other Mishmar would go to Yiriho, and they were preparing the food. And the Yirishonim explained that they would do that for three days, and they would switch. The ones that were in Yerushalayim would go to Yiriho, and they would prepare the food. And the ones that were in Yiriho would go to Yerushalayim, and they would work. Let's read the Rashi. Kelomar. Ketsadayu yudbet b'yiriho. Keshigi azman ha-mishmar l'alot Yerushalayim m'shabat, mithalikim an-chei ha-mishmar. Hatsyan olchim l'Yerushalayim na'avodah. Half of them went to Yerushalayim to serve. Vihatsyan olchim l'yiriho ha-simukad Yerushalayim. Umetakinim sham ma'im u-mazon ha-hem. And they would prepare food for their brothers. And this is what they would do every single week. So this is the uh, anyan of the 12 Mishmarot that were in Yiriho, which means really all the Mishmarot were in Yerushalayim. It's just that when they would get to uh, their time to serve, half the Mishmar would be in Yerushalayim and half the Mishmar would be in Yiriho. And what was the purpose? In order for them to provide food and drink for their brothers. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. The Gemara says the name of Shemuel. Kohanim ulviim v'yisraelim which means for a korban to be legitimately accepted, you need kohanim, obviously to serve, to do the korban, levi'im, to sing the songs by the korban, and you need Yisraelim to be the representatives. Look at Rashi, ma'akivim et korban Im en ma'amad mekulan b'Yerushalayim. If you don't have representatives from each group in Yerushalayim, like it says, we just learned, akol mishman ayam ma'amad b'Yerushalayim shel kohanim, levi'im, Yisraelim. And therefore, you need all of them to be there in the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim for the Qurban to be accepted we have a bright that Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar said the Bach is the word Omer Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar Omer Kohanim Ulviim Uchrishir Ma'akimim Bita Qurban he says no the main thing is you need is Kohanim of course Leviim and you need instruments you need the instruments uh, and if you don't have the instrument to make the Qurban. Now, the Mifalshim point out that he also agrees that you need Yisraelim also. The Mahlokan is over here. Do you need the Leviim just with their voices singing in the Qurban? Or do you need instruments? The Mahlokan is what's the main singing of the Leviim? Is it done with their mouth? Or is it done with instruments? The Gibran explains. The first opinion says that the main singing is done in the mouth. And therefore, they don't need instruments. If they don't have instruments, it's okay. As long as and the other opinion says, no, the main shira is what? With the keli, with the instruments. Now we go to the history of how they established the mishmarot. Originally there was only eight mishmarot. We know there were two Kohanim, because Nadav Avihu died. They were the sons of Aaron, they died. So the sons of Aaron were only left two of them, El Azar and Itamar. 
So from El Azar they established four Mishmarot, and from Itamar they established four Mishmarot. So in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu altogether there was only eight, eight. Mishmarot. Bas Shemuel came Shemuel and Navi the Amidam al Sheshisre. So as the families grew, so he added more Mishmarot. So he added, he doubled them. Exactly. So it started four and four, and now it became eight and eight. Ba David, ve'amidam al Came David a melech, and he made it twenty-four, which means twelve and twelve. Shnei emar, and we have a pasuk that says, "Bishnat arba'im lemalchut David nidreshu ve'imasab ve'imsab ve'hem gibore ha'chayil be'yazed galayid." This is the pasuk over here telling us that in the times of David and Melech, uh, they searched and they found Giburi Ha'il, they found the, the strong ones in Yazid, which means it seems that the Kohanim multiplied, and therefore David and Melech had to uh, add to the Mishmarot. So the, according to this opinion, let's review again. In the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, eight Mishmarot. Shemuel, it went up to 16. David and Melech, it went to 24. Now we give another question. Metiveh, give us a question. Moshe tikem l'Israel shemona mishmarot. Arba'am el-Azhar barba'am itamar. That's fine. Moshe Rabbeinu established four and four. El-Azhar four, itamar four. Ba'ad David u Shmuel. But David and Shmuel together came along. Ve'amidam al-Islim barba'am. It sounds like both of them, David and Shilomo, they were responsible for upping it from eight Mishmarot to 24. Not like the Gemara told us before, that Shemuel went to 16 and David went to 24. Uh-huh. Here it's Mashra that Shemuel and David together from, from eight to went to, brought it from 8 to 24. Shana Imad, Hema, I quote you the Pasuk, Hema, Yisad David u Shmuel Be'emunatam. This was the establishment of David and Shmuel Aroeh, Shmuel the prophet, in their um, in their belief, which means they were the ones that established the Mishmarot to twenty-four. So the Gemara says, no, Haki Kamar mi Yisodoshil David u Shmuel Aramati he'amidum al Eslim varba, which means together from the establishments of both David and Shmuel at different times, which means Shmuel in his time moved it to sixteen, Shmuel and David in his time. Moved the 24. So for both of them in different times, brought it to the subtotal of 24. Like the beginning. Yeah, so that was exactly like we said originally. Moshe Rabbeinu started with 8, Shemuel went to 16, Shemuel, David and Melech went to 24, and this pursuit that says it was Shemuel and David means respectively, in their respective times, each one established it accordingly. Comes the and says, Tanya Idach, we have a Braita. Moshe Tikem Nehem Yisrael Shesh Yisrael Mishmarot. Oh, we have a Braita that argues on what we just learned above. Because this Right, that says the Moshe Rabbeinu really established 16 Mishmarot. Shemona Mel Azar, Ushmona Mitamar, 8 and 8. Usherabu Bene El Azar, Bene Itamar. So, what happened? The children of El Azar became plentiful. It seems that the El Azar family became more plentiful than the Itamar family. Now, therefore, so what did they do? Halkum Vihimidum. So they divided the Mishmar up to make it to 24, which means they doubled Al-Azar's Mishmarot to 16. So you had 16 from Al-Azar and 8 from Itamar. So let's review that again. In Moshe Rabbeinu's time, you had 8 and 8. 8 from Al-Azar, 8 from Itamar. Al-Azar's family multiplied more than Itamar's family. So they doubled the Mishmarot of Al-Azar to 16. 
8 to 16. So now you have 16 plus the 8 of Itamar is 24. So that's how you got the 24 Mishmarot according to this over here. Shri Imar and the Gemara proves this. So the Pasuk says, Vayimatsi'u bene el Azar Rabim lirashi'a givarin bin bene Itamar. It was found that bene el Azar became a multiple. They, they multiplied, implying that what originally they were the same. So Master from the Pasuk Vayimatsi'u was found. Master in the beginning, el Azar and Itamar were the same. Eight and eight. And then what does the Pasuk say? So they divided the family of El Azar, Shisha Asar, to sixteen, and to Itamar they kept it at eight. So therefore, according to this, it started off eight and eight, and then El Azar doubled to sixteen, so he had sixteen and eight. They all made the Gemara quotes another Pasuk. Pasuk says, Bet av ehad ahuz le'el azar. Which means when it came to the family of El Azar, it was one for one. Which means they had eight, so they added one per whatever they had. So they added eight, so that got it to 16. The ahuz ahuz li'itamar. But whatever percentage or whatever they had, they kept. Which is itamar stayed the same. Ahuz ahuz, whatever that it, it had eight families originally, it stayed at eight families. Whereas when it comes to El Azar, it was ehad ahuz. One for every one. one. So therefore, they went from 8 to 16. So the Gemara seems to quote two Pesukim to prove to us that the system was 8 and 8, then Elazar jumped to 16, and Itamar remained at 8. So the Gemara asks, Gemara asks, May ve'omer, what do you need the second Pasuk for? Which is the second Pasuk tells me similar the same, same thing that the first Pasuk says. So the Gemara says, Because maybe you'll tell me like this, which means maybe I'll tell you just like El Azar multiplied, maybe I'll tell you Itamar also multiplied. Which means maybe just like, maybe I'll tell you Me'ikara Arba. Which means I would have thought like this, like the Gemara says, Me'ikara Arba'ahavu. I might have thought that really El Azar started with four and Itamar started with four. <clears throat> and I'll tell you why, that they multiplied. And I'll tell you, just like El Azar multiplied, Itamar also multiplied. And therefore they went to eight each. Right. And then El Azar multiplied more and he went to 16 and they stayed at eight. Which means, if I didn't have the second Pasuk, I would have thought that the way the families multiplied was originally they both started at four they and they both multiplied. And, then and they moved to eight. That's why the Gebra says, Tashema. Which means Itamar was always Ahuz Ahuz. It remained what it was. Itamar never changed. Right. The second Pasuk teaches me that whatever Itamar was from the beginning, it always was from the beginning. Which means just like they started eight, they always remained eight. Without that last Pasuk, I might have thought, no, maybe they started four, and they multiplied also to eight. Kamashra, no, no, no. Itamar was Ahuz. That was what they were from the beginning. They remained. <coughs> They remained. It was only El Azad that multiplied. They went from 8 to 16. But what do you see from this opinion? You see that originally Moshe Rabbeinu established 8 Mishmarot. You see established um, actually 16 Mishmarot. You see he established 8 and 8. And then after El Azad multiplied, Shemuel and David added 8 more to El Azad, to 16 to 8. So that's an, a question on the opinion that says that Moshe Rabbeinu only established 8 Mishmarot. So the Gebra says, Tiyufta. 
It's a question against the Hamad Barguria, because he was the rabbi that said that originally Moshe Rabbeinu only established eight Mishmarot, and according to this, he established 16. Amal Lekar of Hamad Barguria, Tanaei. He says, what do you want from me? It's a Mahlok Tanaim. Ve'ana da'amni kihai tana da'amar shemona. I'm going according to the Tana that says eight. So it comes out, we have a fantastic Mahlok between the Tanaim over here. What was the original establishment of the Mishmarot? Did they start off with Moshe Rabbeinu establishing eight Mishmarot, like Rav Hamad Barguria said, four from El Azar, four from Itamar, and then Shemuel and Navi came along and moved it up to 16, and then uh, David Amalek moved it up to 24. Or do you say no? According to the Tanah that we just learned, Moshe Rabbeinu really started off with 16, 8 and 8, and it was the El Hazar family that multiplied only, and therefore they doubled them to 16, and they kept El Hazar at 8. And the Gemara continues, Tanu Rabbanan, Arba'a Mishmarot Alu Min Haggola. Which means when the Jewish people went to Bavin, and now Ezra Sofer was going to go build the second Beit HaMikdash, so the Jews moved from Bavel back to Eretz Israel. However, as we know in the history, not all the Jews wanted to move back to Eretz Israel. A lot of the Jews remained in Bavel. So it says, out of the 24 Mishmarot, only four families moved back to Eretz Israel. And the Mishmarot tells us who they were. That's one family. Harin, that's the second family. Pashur, that's the third family. The Imar. So at that point, we only have four families. We need 24 Mishmarot. Amdun, Nivi'im, Shibinehem. So the prophets that were amongst them, what did they do? Halkum. Halkum. They divided up the four Mishmarot, and they divided each one into six Mishmarot. So therefore he ended up with 24. How did they do that? They wrote, let's say, 24 names, and they put it in a lottery. And the Gemara says, They mixed all the names in the lottery. Right? They put it in the box. That's the box of the lottery. Yedaya was the first family. So he picked one lottery for himself. Plus another five, because each family now has to divide itself into six. Baharim, Vinatal Halko, the Halik Haverab, Shesh. Harim took his lot, plus another five, he ends up with six. Vechen Pashur, Vechen Imam. So now you made 24 Mishmarot out of the four families. But now the rabbis made another Takana. Vechen Itnu Nivim Shibinehim. The prophets that were amongst them made the following Takana. Shafilu Yehoyariv Rosh Mishmeret Ole Lo Yidahe Yidayam Mekomo. Which means, now even if let's say the family of Yehoyariv, Yehoyariv was the first family of the cycle of the Mishmarot. They happened to stay in Bavir, they didn't want to come back. So the rabbis punished them, they penalized them, they said, you know what? Now if you come back, we're not putting you back in your original position. We're not putting you back uh, in the beginning of the uh, rotation. On the contrary, the Gemara says, they're not going to push Yedayah Mimikwa. Ela Yedayah Ikar. Yedayah now becomes the first Mishmar of the rotation. Which means, after all the Mishmarot of Yedayah finish, then we'll put Yedayah Now as she points out, that they would have to make Yedaya's family smaller at that point because now Yehoyarib needs a Mishmar. So they would, instead of making Yedaya six families, they would turn them into five families and one family they would give it to 
Yoyariv. So therefore, after the five families of Yehoyadago, after the five families of Yedaya, then Yehoyariv family would go. So you still ended up with the same amount of Mishmarot, meaning you still ended up with 24 Mishmarot, but the point is they punished Yehoyariv. But you don't think when Yehoyariv came back, they said, okay, you're back, Bechavod, we'll give you your original spot. No, he didn't come back from Babel, so Yedaya now becomes the leader of the Mishmarot. And your Yariv is only secondary to him. Comes the Gemara and says, The Yisrael Shebeoto Mishmar Mitkanesin Be'arehem Vekorim Be'ma'aseh Bereshit. We learned in yesterday's Mishnah that the people that were part of the Ma'amadot, they would stay in their cities, in the synagogues, and they would have special prayers to pray for their brothers that the Qurban is accepted. And in those prayers, they would read Sefer Torah. Now what Sefer Torah did they read? We said they read Parashat Bereshit. Every day they read another uh, perek, another uh, uh, couple of pesukim for Parashat Bereshit. So the Gemara says, How do you know that? Which is, how do you know? What's the connection between the Ma'amadot reading Parashat Bereshit? Now I would think maybe they should read something to do with the Korbanot. Why are they reading uh, Parashat Bereshit? Amar Yaakov Amar Ma'amadot. So the Gemara says, if it wasn't for the fact that there's Korbanot in the world, which means that the Beta Mikdash is around that were able to bring Kurbanot, Lon Nitkayemu Shamaim Varis. The world would not exist. Because as a result of the Kurbanot we get Kaparat for Avonot. As a result of the Kapara, the world exists. If we didn't have Kapara, there'd be no world. This is by Abraham Abinu Babrit bin Abitarim when God was talking to him. So Abraham tells Bore Ulam. He tells Bore Ulam, how am I gonna know? That I'm going to inherit the land. Amar Abraham. So this is the real message that Abraham was asking. How do I know that it's going to remain my land? For my children. Maybe the Jewish people are going to sin in front of you. And maybe you're going to destroy them. Just like you destroyed the generation of the flood. And the generation of the palaga. Amar So what did Borei Olam answer him? Love. No, it's not so. So Abraham says, Which means, Tell me exactly what I should tell them, how they should get kapara. The Jewish people are going to sin. And therefore I have to know, give me the secret, how they can protect themselves. Amar says, Which means, tell them to bring for me korbanot. An egel and an ez. Amar so the... Abraham Abinu tells HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rebonosh Shil Olam Tinaq bizman shibet ha-Migdash kayam That's good when there's a bet ha-Migdash However, bizman shibet ha-Migdash kayam Bizman shibet ha-Migdash kayam Matteh alim But what are they going to do when there's no bet ha-Migdash? Amar lo Kevar tikanti lahem seder korbanot Already I established for them The seder of the korbanot Which means as it's written in the Torah Bizman shikorin bahen lefanai When they're going to read the korbanot in front of me which means, at the time where there's no Beit HaMikdash, the Gemara says, Borei Olam says, what? Borei Olam says, read for me the parashah of the Korbanot, and the reading of the parashah of the Korbanot will be considered as if they brought the Korbanot. But now we answer our original question. Our original question is, why did the Anshem Ma'amad read Parashat Bereshit? 
Because we're saying since the whole world is dependent on the Korbanot, so therefore we read Maaseh Bereshit to show us that the world exists because of the Korbanot. That's why they pray for the Korban to be accepted. And the Gemara continues. Hello, Rabbana, we have a brighter. And Shem Mishmar, the people of the Mishmar, mean that when Yerushalayim, Hayum et Palilim al Korban Achehen Shiit Kabil Beratzon. They would pray that their brother's Korban would be accepted. And Shem Mahamad, those again were the representatives of Bnei Israel, Mitkanesim Lebet Akeneset, they would go to the synagogue in their cities, wherever they were, the Yoshvim Arbat Aniyot. Now we're learning a Hiddush, that the Anshem Mahamal will actually fast four days during the week. Bashini Bashabat, Bashilishi, Barabi'i, Ubahamishi. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And now the Gemara is going to explain that on each day they fasted for a certain situation. Bashini, on Monday they fasted, Al Yorde Hayam. And all those that are traveling on the seas, they should come back and be protected, which means they should be safe. Why? Because on Yom Sheni, what do we read in Parashat Bereshit? Yehira kiya betoch Because over there it talks about the sky that God placed above the waters. So therefore, since we're mentioning about the waters, on Monday in the reading of the Sefer Torah, so that's the day they would fast, that all those that are traveling by sea should be protection, protected. Bashilishi on Tuzday, Al-Holche Midbariyot. For all those that are traveling through the desert, that they should get home safe, they should be protected. Because on that day, the Pasuk says, Hayabasha. She's that the ground should become visible, which means it should be a dry land that people should be able to cross it without getting damaged. So that's on Tuesday. Barbi'i, on Wednesday, they would fast al-Askira. Askira is a type of disease that's like suffocation or asthma, where the children, Barmanan, get it and they can't breathe. Shelot tipol al-Latinokot. Why? Because the reading of the Torah on that day was the discussion that God placed the uh, sun and the moon and the stars in the skies. And the way the Torah says that is Yehim Me'orot. Now Me'orot are the luminaries. However, in the Torah the word Me'orot is written without a Vav. And Barmanat it can be read Me'erat. Me'erat is a curse. So therefore on that day was created this holy called Askira that Barmanan can damage the children. So the Anshem Muhammad would fast on Wednesday in order that it be a zechut that no children should die from Askira. Bahamishi on Thursday, Al-Ubarotu Minikot. They would pray for the success of the pregnant ladies and the nursing ladies. Ubarot Shelo Yapilu. The pregnant ladies that should not have Chasmashalom and miscarriage. Minikot Shinikwit Benehem. And the nursing ones, they should have milk in order they should be able to nurse their children. Since on that day the reading of the Torah is Yishritsu Amayim Shiritz, that the uh, the, the water should be multiple, there should be multiple fish that come out of the water. So that's the day we talk about the beracha uh, of the uh, multiplication of the fish and the creatures of the of the water. So therefore, we're praying also for the creatures of the human beings that no lady should miscarriage and the ones that gave birth should be able to nurse their children. Now on Friday they would not fast because we don't want them to go into Friday Shabbat hungry. So there was no fast on Friday. All the more so on Shabbat itself there was no Ta'anit. So God comes to Gemara and has a question. Oh, that's the Gemara's next question. 
Be'ehad b'shabbat, my ta'amalo, how come they don't fast on Sunday? So we have a few answers. Amar ibn Yohanan ibn Nutsrim. Because the Goyim, they have a holiday on Sunday. And therefore, if we would fast on Sunday, it would look as if we're making belittling their holiday. So we're saying on their holiday, we're fasting. So therefore, we don't want the Goyim to, to, to bother us. So therefore, they didn't make a fast on Sunday in order that we don't come to Sakana from the Goyim. Second answer. Rabbi Shemuel Nachmani Amar, Sunday is the third day from creation. Which means, when was the word created? Well, when was Adam created? Adam was created on Friday. So therefore, Sunday is the third day from Adam's creation. And therefore, on Sunday, we know the third day after an operation, for example, the patient is always suffering the most. So the same thing. After the creation of Adam, on Sundays usually, people are usually the weakest. And therefore, we do not want to make a fast on Sunday because of the weakened state of the people. Which means, we know on Shabbat, we get an extra neshama. And on Shabbat, God takes away that neshama yetera. And when the neshama yetera gets taken away, the human becomes weakened. And therefore on Sunday, people are generally weakened. The Amar Ishtakish, neshama yetera netnabo be'adam be'erif Shabbat. That God gives a neshama yetera, an extra neshama, to the Jewish people on Arab Shabbat. Shabbat notlim otamimenu. And on Motzei Shabbat, they take it away from him. Shnei Emar, like the pasuk says, Shabbat vein nafash. Now, how do we learn this pasuk? Kevan she Shabbat. When a person keeps the Shabbat, then vein nafash. You know what vein nafash stands for? Vai avda nefesh. Woe to the fact that we lose our soul. Vai yinafash. Vai nefesh. Woe to the soul that we lose. So therefore on Sunday, the Gemara is saying generally people are weaker. And therefore for the three reasons that we just mentioned above, either because it's a Goy holiday, or because it's the third day from the creation where we're weak, or because the Shemaitra is taken away, so they do not start these fasts on Sunday. And the Gemara continues, Bayom Arishon Bireshid on the first day, meaning on Monday, they would read Bereshit and Vihirakiyah. And we learned yesterday that they would send up three olim, Kohen, Nevi, and Yisrael, they would send up for the uh, reading of the Ma'amadot. So the Gibara says, Tana, we have a bright Bereshit Bishnayim. The Perashat Bereshit, which is five Pesukim, they would send up two people, Kohen and Levi, Yirakiyah Be'ehad. And Yirakiyah, they would give it to one Ole. So the Gemara says, Bishlama Yirakiyah Be'ehad. I understand how you can give Yirakiyah, that Perashah, to one person. Tlata Pesukehavu. Because there's three Pesukim in that Perashah. And we know the minimum amount of Pesukim that a person must read when he goes up to the Sefer Torah is three. Ela Bereshit Bishnayim. But how could you read the Perashah Bereshit with two Olim? Hamisha Pesukim Havyan. It's only five Pesukim. And we learned with... Was that a Tanya? Vitanya, we learned in the Braita, Hakoreh Batorah, Al Yifchot Mishlosha Pesukim. So we have a big question over here. How can you split five Pesukim into two? So we have a great Mahlok over here, a famous Mahlok between Rav and Shemuel. Rav Amar Doleg, Shemuel Amar Posek. Let's discuss this Mahlok. Rav says Doleg meaning you repeat. 
Meaning, the first aliyah you read one, two, three, and then the second aliyah you read three, four, five. So you're repeating the third pasuk. That's called doleg. That's what he says to do. Shmuel says no. He doesn't go for this doleg business, and we'll see why. He says you're posek. You read pasuk one, pasuk two, and half of pasuk three. And then you start from the second half of Pasuk 3, and then 4 and 5. That's called Posek. So again, we have a fantastic Mahlokit. Rav says, in the case we have 5 Pasukim, you doleg. You repeat Pasuk number 3. And Shmuel says, you are Posek. So the Gemara asks, Rav Amar doleg. Rav says to be doleg, to repeat, My Tamalo Amar Posek. Hakim doesn't agree with Shmuel. Hakim didn't just say be Posek. Kasabar kol Pesukat lo Paska Moshe. Because he holds any pasuk <coughs> that Moshe Rabbeinu did not make, we cannot make our own pasukim. So you cannot start taking a pasuk and split it up into two. Any pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu did not posek, you cannot go and make an extra pasuk like that. So therefore he says you cannot be posek. So Shmuel said, no, you are posek. And we'll see in a second why he says you don't be doleg. But he says to be posek, meaning we two and a half and two and a half. So the Gebra so me paskinan. Are you allowed to do that? Ve'amar Rabbi Hanina Kara. Rabbi Hanina, the teacher of Mikra. Which means Rabbi Hanina, he was an expert reader. And he used to be the one that used to teach the children how to read. So they used to call him Rabbi Hanina Kara. <coughs> and he, he said the following. Sa'ar Gadol Hayali. He said, I had a lot of trouble trying to get a heter, a leniency. Etzel Rabbi Hanina Gadol. What kind of leniency did he want? He was teaching the children. And it was very hard for the children to repeat an entire pasuk. They can't remember a whole pasuk by heart. So he wanted to split the pasukim in half. So he wanted to get a heter from the rabbi. Is he allowed to split the pasuk in half when he's teaching the children? And I got the heter only specifically for children who only because they're learning. And it's hard for them to say the whole entire pasuk. Implying what? That the only heter for splitting pasukim is for the children. But when you go up to the Sefer Torah, we don't let you do this over here. <clears throat> Which is, it was even hard to get a heter for the children to split the pasukim up. How could Shemuel come along and say, you're going to be able to do it now when you go up to the Sefer Torah? So the Gebra answers, Ushmuel, hatam mishum de lo efshar. lo efshar. What was the reason why he got the heter? Because he had no options. When it comes to the children, you have no options but to split the pasuk. So to over here, you have no options. When you have five pasukim, what do you want to do? You have to do two and a half and two and a half. So for the same reason the rabbi was matir by the children, he'll be matir also by the uh, by the Sefer Torah. So the Gebra says, what do you mean? Ushmuel amar doleg. How come Shmuel doesn't hold doleg? Which means, why don't you just, you have an option. Why don't you read one, two, three, and three, four, five. Gezerah mishum ha-nikhnasim. So he makes a gizra like this. The first gizra is Mishum and Nikhnasim. What's going to happen if a person comes in late? He comes in after Aliyat Kohen. Now he sees the Levi reading 3, 4, 5. He's going to think that the Kohen only read 2 Pesukim. And therefore, what's going to happen? He's going to come into his minyan one day and he's going to say, I, I was in a minyan, they only read 2 Pesukim. He's going to make a mistake. Or the opposite. Let's say the first Aliyah, they read one, two, three. Alright? Now, the guy leaves. What is he going to think? He's going to say, that what? That 
the Levi only gets two pesukim, so he's going to make a mistake as well. So therefore, in order not to make that mistake of gezeram mishum ayotzim and nechnasim, he says do two and a half and two and a half. <coughs> So that's the reason why Shemuel does not say Doleg, because it's a Gezerah Mishumarich Nasim and a Yotzim. Comes the Gemara and says, Metive, we have a question. Parasha should Shisha Pesukim. Let's say all year long. You have a Parasha, six Pesukim. Korin Otad Bishnayim. Beautiful. You read it with two Aulim, meaning three each. Veshel Hamisha, if you have a Parasha, five Pesukim, the Gemara says, Biyahid. You only give it to one. Gemara uh, says, "Ve'im harishon koresh losha, v'sheni koresh naim b'parasha, v'had b'parasha acheret." Which means like this: "V'shel hamisha." Meaning again, when you have a parasha of hamisha of five pesukim, I'm meaning again the Gemara: "Harishon koresh losha." The first one will read three pesukim. The second guy goes, reads the remaining two pesukim, and let him continue reading one pesuk to the next parasha. So he'll get also <coughs> three pesukim. And some say no, some say no, the second guy, let him read the two remaining pesukim, but he has to read three of the next parasha. Because we have a rule, once you start a parasha, you have to read a minimum of three pesukim. But what do you see from over here? That there's no option just to repeat or being posek. When you have a parasha of five pesukim, what's the options? Read three, then two and one, meaning further, or two and three. So the Gemara asks, According to Rav and Shemuel, why do you have to say, when you have five Pesukim, you read three and then two and one, or three and two and three? Why do you have to say that? Just say, when you have a parasha five Pesukim, either be Doleg, read one, two, three, three, four, five, or be Posek, two and a half, two and a half. How come the Brighton doesn't give that option over here? So the Gemara says, Shaniyatam, the Eatler of Ha, which is here we're talking all year long. All year long, you're not limited on how much you're allowed to read. You can read as much as you want. So therefore, I'd rather not be doleg if I don't have to be doleg. And I'd rather not be posik if I don't have to be posik. Now if I have more pisukim at my disposal, which means if I can continue reading more in the parasha, of course, continue reading. However, we're talking about on the ma'amadot, where you're only able to read a certain amount of pisukim. You're not allowed to read more than those pisukim. Like the Mishnah told us, on the first day you read this, on the second day you read that. So you have no choice but to be doleg or be posek. Because I only can read those five pesukim. So I have to make the best out of the five pesukim to get two aliyot. However, all year long, you're not limited how much you can read. Read a little more, go into the next uh, parasha. So therefore, all year long, if you have five pesukim, what do we say to do? Read three, and then next aliyah, two from the end of that parasha, and then one to the next one, or three to the next one. Because you have the uh, luxury to read more. However, in our case of the Ma'amadot, you didn't have that luxury. Why? Because you're only allowed to read what Tachamim told you to read. You can't read more. So therefore, you have the options either according to Rav to be Doleg or Shmuel to be Posek. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.